Hello, and welcome to the Queen's Chamber podcast. I'm Rebecca Korn, a recovering financial advisor, entrepreneur, and the visionary founder of Riser and Roll. With a deep-rooted passion for igniting potential in women like you, I lead a cutting-edge consulting group renowned for not only the personalized coaching and guidance, but propelling individuals and businesses to achieve unprecedented success and doing so with black box thinking, adaptability, AI, analytical skills, systems, processes, and all of those sexy, sexy things. But my beautiful pastime is diving into podcasts like these with you in a partnership space because I find golden nuggets and speaking to the people that I love to engage with most and sharing them to you weekly to empower you as a woman, a queen in business and relationships in your soul and body. I want to reign together with you. So let's rise and reign. gift for you. And I'm so excited. Michelle Vandepa is the nation's leading expert in becoming an, an author from publishing to finding your voice and promoting their books. Her work is truly an extension though, of this beautiful feminine enriching experience where she combines this force field of warmth and creativity alongside her very expansive knowledge basis in the book space. Now, you know, you might be thinking to yourself, I've been thinking about being published. I was considering self-publishing. I was not sure if I want to do a book launch. 2024 might seem like my year. Maybe at the end of the year, you are being called toward a 90 day or a 30 day. We talk about all of these things. We talk about why a author is potentially looking for a publisher versus a uh, automatic process of getting published. You know, there's a lot of different ways of um, moving toward writing your story, moving toward deepening into your story. And how to tell if a book is right for you and if you're really called that direction, what to do. We dive in inside and it is a free-flowing, beautiful connection to experience Michelle and her finest. She's a part of Grace Point Publishing and at the bottom of these show notes, you'll be able to see all of her details. But as you step into the space, you will just kind of surrender into the warmth and wisdom and richness that her business sense, her creative power, and her elegance really shines through in this interview. I thank you for listening. Michelle, welcome. Thank you so much for attending and and giving us this space on the Queen's Chamber podcast. I'm really excited to chat with you today. 
I love the name of this podcast. It's awesome. Thank you. Now you are the nation's leading expert for entrepreneurs and, and coaches and personal development experts who want to find their story and their messaging. Can you tell me more about how important this is, why they should be focused on this? Yeah. You know, my, um, really my thing is book publishing, but until you get to that stage, you really have to get in tune with who you are. What is your message? But even underneath that, why are you here? What do you feel called to do? What are you destined to do? What is pulling you forward? So there's lots of people probably not listening or watching us who are just happy to go about their lives, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's like, I'm on, on my path. I'm on my mission. I have a job. I love my life. But then there's some other people who are entrepreneurs who start businesses who have a different kind of calling. They want to follow a specific purpose. They have a message. They want to help people. They want to be in business for themselves. They want a different kind of life that maybe is more has more freedom, more expression, more creativity, more intuition. And so the long answer to your question really is when you're in touch with all of that, then you can turn that into your message. And then you take that and you can be on purpose, on mission to go do what you're here to do in the world. That's the long answer. I feel like ladies who are listening, I feel like she just threw a pot of butter on a beautiful, like simmering stove. And I can just feel that like snap, crackle and pop in the, the essence of, of what is beginning. It's like beginning something beautiful already. I love that. I think that the the creative process for an entrepreneur to dive into their energy and their purpose, but also their story, you know, sometimes it feels like a feels like an impossible task at times. And yeah. it feels like so personal that, you know, how would somebody really connect with with my story? Who am I to be sharing my story? What kind of advice yeah. could you gift a, a woman in business or a business owner or leader in that space? As women, we have lived a lot of life, right? I just like <laughs> we have gone through so much. We live so much life that when we start to share our story, I think the lines get blurred about what is like personal and private and what is it that we really want to share that can help and inspire other people. So we have to first accept that there are some things that are just private and that's okay, right? We don't have to share everything. What we wanna share are the nuggets that inspire and help other people. So when I talk about my journey, I talk about writing my own book. I talk about, I was a foster parent for a while. I talk about being in business and all the different iterations of that over the years and failed businesses but I don't necessarily give all the details, right? You want to give enough details to connect with someone else, but maybe not all the private things, right? I don't, I don't share private things about my foster kids. I don't share private things necessarily about a failed business. I may share that I was, you know, curled up in a ball crying for weeks, right? 
because other people can relate to that. And what I suggest is you start, when you start with your story, you start writing it down, you start sharing it on podcasts, you start talking to other people. And if, if it feels too vulnerable, it may be, or it may be you're just not used to sharing it yet. And you won't know that until you're in this process, right? We have to give ourselves some time to move into who we really are. And so when I coach people on writing a book, I say, write it all down, put it all down, everything. Doesn't mean I'm going to read it. Doesn't mean you're going to publish it, but this is your story. Just start writing it all down. And then you can discern which pieces will end up in your story, in your social, in your book, on a podcast. Like there will be some things, some some details that you may pull out and some other details that you may put in. Oh, I love that. I love how you are allowing for the spaciousness of having them bubble up with everything and then going back to iterate and decide in, in terms of what's in alignment for them. I think that's a really powerful thing because I find that Many are uh, at this stage from my experience, when I encourage somebody to, to journal, there's so much resistance, there's so much pushback and figuring out what it is like to start to write without having those guardrails, you know, being squeezing, you know, in on the experience and allowing that to just um, in an untethered way explode from the ethers of your, your own life. What a beautiful um, uh, germination of, of fruit in many ways that they must have in this journey. Do you find that an entrepreneur or a business owner or a leader, is, they, she writes her story and she erupts with a little more confidence, a little more oh my gosh. who she is? Oh my gosh. Well, first, Rebecca, you are a wordsmith. Your language is beautiful. So I'm listening to you and I'm just like, oh my gosh, all these metaphors and your languaging is just so beautiful. So thank you for that. It's a joy to listen to you. Writing a book, doing a podcast, doing what you're doing, any of those, and I'm sure you can attest to this, is an internal up level because you have to be super clear on what you really want to say and what you believe in right? And be able to put it out there and stand behind it. So the process of getting there, and I use books as my primary way that I support people, but this works across the board, like podcasting and everything. As you start writing it, you have, and you go back and you read it later, not at the beginning, but in the editing stage, you're like, oh, do I still believe that? Like I wrote that three months ago, I've worked through some things now. Is that really what I want to put in print? And you have to sit with that. And when you're like, yes, this is who I am. This is what I, there's an up level that happens, right? And I'm sure you've felt that podcasting. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think uh, podcasting, speaking, the evolution has been such a beautiful thing for me personally, but also the recognition of the incongruencies that I was taught at a certain age about what leadership looked like or what business looked like 
breaking the bounds on that has been another way of, of shattering glass that I really enjoy uh, and really like allows for my heart to feel like it's fluttering along the way. And I think that that's um, a beautiful feeling of, of discovery for myself and, and deepening into the ancient wisdom that I have in, in my body and in my soul. But finding how to trust that is, is a different bridge and finding how to trust a publisher that you can connect with authentically, but also feel really held in the spaces of like honesty and wisdom is, uh, I feel a rarity, which it feels like you have. So what's a process of, you know, thinking about, you know, as an, as an author, who's, who's looking about or considering her words What's the process you would encourage one to discover the publisher that's connected for them? You know, what, how, how would they go about that? What does that look like? Yeah. So there's different stages. The first one is you have to just write, right? And so you're talking about journaling. That's a great way to start. Don't worry about who's going to read it yet. Don't worry about an editor yet. Just write. Once you're past that stage, then you're ready to start working on a manuscript. And you can do that with a publisher, someone like myself, a writing coach on your own. There's lots of ways to do that. But you want to end up with a first draft manuscript. And then you want to connect with a publisher who has your heart. And there are publishers that specialize in you know, flat out business books. There's publishers that specialize in Christian books. There's publishers you know, uh, fiction, there's all kinds of things, right? So the first thing is you want to find a publisher and it's not even really the publishers, the editors that they hire. And so are you going to find your own editor? Are you going to work with a publisher and use one of their editors? And so you have to find an editor that understands your genre, your voice, your messaging, right? Because well, we have lots of editors on staff in our publishing company, and some just don't do business books. It's not their thing. Um, others don't ever do fiction books, right? So you got to find the right editor for you. So just because someone says they're an editor, you, you, so that's really, I think, the first place. But then you have to find a publisher you feel like has your back, is honest with you. Like I had someone come to me yesterday and say, yeah, I've got this publisher they say they're going to do all these things for me and all this marketing and an Amazon launch and all this stuff. And I'm like, great. What's it specifically included in the Amazon launch? Specifically, are they just going to put it up on Amazon? Are they going to do social? Are they going to do PR? Like what specifically does that mean? Because as consumers, we may not know the questions to ask yet. Right. And so one good question might be, what are a couple of questions that I don't know to ask that you can answer? Like, what have I not, what have I not asked yet? Yes. Right. And so publishers all kind of work the same. It's just what's included in the package, editing, layout design, marketing. Are you going to publish? Are you going to help me self-publish? Right. And so... I think for someone who's looking for a publisher, look and see what other kinds of books they published. See if that fits your genre. Maybe watch some videos, 
go to their website, just like if you were to hire a coach, we're going to do the same thing. See if it's a fit. You have a very specific feel around the collaborative and the warmth around. It doesn't feel to me that you are just a um, a publisher. It feels to me that you you really are ingrained in that partnership, that collaboration, that connection. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me why that feels so unique to me? I, I don't. I'm not. I can't really. Put it my is unique. It. Yeah. So our co-founder, when we co-founded. Um, many years ago, we co-founded the business together. And it's because she had a big publisher who did not let her give have any say at all on her book cover. And so here we are, best-selling books, done really well over the years, and she hates her book cover. She's like, I don't want authors to have to go through that, right? So we started the business together many years ago. I own it now. But at the time, it's like, how can we help authors feel like they're part of the process? They have a say, they have ownership in their book. They're not just turning their book over and going on because that's the old model. And in that time, like almost a decade later, what has really evolved is the power is now really with the author because they can self-publish, because there's so much information out there. So now we consider ourselves collaborators, but also mentors and guides. So if an author comes to us and says, I want this on the cover, we may, we may say yes, or we may say, mm, maybe based on our experience, let's look at this instead, right? And so we become your guide, your mentor, your advisor, your coach, we're still going to work publishing with you, but it's, it's, you have a say, you get to, it's your book. So and that true. is rare in the industry. It is. Yeah. Cause it feels like it's an extension of my heart. Even just speaking with you, it feels, feels that you would have my best interests in, ingrained in the process and also really a, a, uh, invested connection with, with, guiding to the right editor. You had mentioned that you have multiple editors. Right. So when you're speaking to somebody that is um, in the space of publishing, you you have more of a concierge feeling to yourself. Yeah, definitely. VIP experience, it feels. It also feels like I wouldn't write my book on G chat GPT and then come to you. Oh my so gosh, I have so much to say about that. Tell me about that. We, we, we love AI and certain as certain tools. Right. Right. Tools, not as a substitute. And so tell me, tell me what you're finding in the ChatGPT land. Cause I think some people are desire to take a shortcut. So <clears throat> I don't think we know where AI is going to be in a year. Like some people may have good guesses. And if you're in the industry, you may think you know, but I think humanity and just life in general has shown us there's lots of twists and turns and we can't always predict with accuracy what's gonna happen a year or five years from now. Having said that today, AI is an incredible tool. I use it to help me uh, give sample chapter headings or think about some notes or uh, take a paragraph and rewrite it for me. Having said that, when 
AI takes a paragraph and rewrites it for me. I'm always saying, no, no, in my voice. They go back and say, in my voice. And it says, I'm sorry. And then it makes it even more formal. And then I'm like, okay, so I have to go rewrite it anyway. So there's a couple things. One is from a purely humanitarian standpoint. We are humans and we like to connect with other humans. We need your heart in your book. The whole purpose of your book is to help you up-level yourself, your message, connect with the people who need your message and make the world a better place. AI can't do that. It needs humans to do that. On the other side of things, you can't copyright AI writing. So the Copyright Office has a lot to say about this. They're on top of this. Amazon, you have to disclose if you've used AI at all when you are using Amazon to either publish or distribute for you. So then there's all these legalities on top of just my personal wishes, right? And my personal opinion. And so, yes, use AI. Yes, it's a tool. Yes, it's probably here to stay unless the internet implodes on itself. Um, but use it selectively, just like you don't only eat chocolate to live off of as much as we might like to. <laughs> There's no shortcut to the growth that you could experience in the journey of your up-leveling, of the honesty and the humanness of your own, sto own story, truly. A beautiful way to say that, yeah. I love that you're connecting that because it's such a such truth and such richness in that embodiment of vulnerability and self-discovery in that journey. Yeah. What kind of guidance? I, I see a lot of like ideas of shortcuts. I see these I, and I, I've done this. Write a book in 30 days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Still and haven't the read the book. Right. And here's the template and follow this blueprint. Um, I think that can work. So I think people have done that. And I think that can work. I think those end up being kind of lead gen books, opt-in books. I think since the last two or three years, or maybe even just the last two years, people are kind of tired of opt-ins. It's like we're in information overload. We've all opted into everything and back again. And so I'm not sure people want that kind of book anymore. So yes, it works. Yes, you can get a book written. And if you have like a diet plan, lose, you know, 100 pounds in 90 days, and you're going to use the template and get your information out there and use it as an opt-in, it might work, right? That's not the kind of book that we typically work with, because we work more with legacy books. This is what I stand for. This is my message. This is my mission. And those can't be templated, what often happens is people come to us after they have been thinking about their book for years. Please don't do that. Anyone that's out there, please just start. However, people come to us. I've had my book in my head for seven years. I started writing it five years ago. My friend, friend read it, gave me some feedback, and now I'm stuck. That happens all the time, right? And those books 
haven't moved forward because it's so important to somebody's heart because it is connected with message and mission. If it was just a template book, they would have written it and gotten it out, right? So it's because true. there's something more to say. And so by the time those kind of people come to us, we're digging what's next, what do you really want to say? And so there are some templates. You want an intro, you want your chapter headings, you want acknowledgement page and a bio page and maybe citations, right? There's some things that go in the system in the format of a book. And there may be that you want three stories or three stories per chapter. Like there's some things that you can have as a system in there. But in my world, rarely do I see write a book in 90 days work. So when you're thinking about foundational qualities for a phenomenal art author or inside of these legacy stories that you mentioned, they're so connected and so deep. Do you find that there are certain mm, techniques or practices that an author can begin to hone discipline within, with discovering how to start writing for herself? Mm -hmm. Usually it is the opposite of what you think. It's usually get up from out of your desk and go do yoga or walk or pray or meditate or swim or sit in the hot springs or climb a mountain because when you get out and in your body you're releasing some creative intuitive flow people who do yoga will anyone who does any kind of exercise will probably recognize this right it's like you're unlocking it you said something earlier about being in your body. I don't remember exactly what you said, but like when you unlock that, the creativeness flows. So if you feel stuck, pick up a practice that is more about getting in your body for 10 minutes a day. Then go write 10 minutes a day. Then your calendar is the next piece. If you get stuck, if you get writer's block, I tell people, go for a walk. Don't think about your book for three days. Just let some creative thing come to you, right? But then you've done all that and then you get stuck. Then you just have to sit down and kind of push through it a little bit. And then there's like bullet points and writing prompts and those kinds of things that help. Stephen King talks about it in his book on writing that he trained his muse. He doesn't wait for the muse to arrive. He trained his muse to show up when he sits down at the desk. Powerful. That's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. And the way I train my muse is to do these other things. I go for a walk. I do bullet points. I have my calendar. I think about what I want to say, like all these other things I do. So that when I sit down, I'm ready to go. It's so interesting. I used to be a professional ballet dancer and there was no such thing as dance block or choreography block or this point of stagnation because uh, you moved to the next thing or you shifted in the ways that you were doing certain things or you stood on your head in the, in the hallway first because when you stepped into the studio, you have very rigid instructors who have lived, breathed, and and 
ballet was part of their body. I mean, it was part of their DNA. And you couldn't be a dancer in that room and not get kicked out if you were like, oh, I have dancer block. Uh, right. <laughs> do, you, do you find that writer's block potentially gives mm, more of this brain space where you're saying people are writing their books in their minds? Yeah, totally. That's exactly what I'm saying. And get out of their mind. Is this, is this a real, do you consider writer's block to be real then? It's totally real. Just as the same as anything else is real. If you believe it, if you're feeling it, it's totally real, right? But it doesn't mean there aren't ways to get around it or through it. Powerful, powerful. I love, I love that you, you went toward that through the body though, because I think the somatic system has a lot of uh, ancient wisdom and when we're able to open up that ivy and just witness the way that it's climbing and not try to control it so harshly, it creates and develops something so beautiful. And I think being able to um, dance with that and breathe into that space is, is such a powerful thing. But there's also a lot of like technical factors with writing, what you're saying yeah. about the image or the structure or, or. Right. And the story structure and the hero's journey and what's the point and the good sentence and diagramming sentences for people who remember that from middle school, right? Yes. That's usually the editor's job to help you with. So there's two kinds of writers, two kinds of authors. There's the author who wants to learn to be a writer. They're going to write many books. They want to hone their craft. They want to be a really good writer. They might take writing classes or join writing groups and, and exchange writing with other people in the group. And they really want to be better writers, right? And they usually have a lot more than a couple books in them. They're like, I'm going to be writing a book a year or several books. I'm called to the art of writing. Then there are people who are like, don't really have that drive. I want to become an author. I want to write maybe one, two, three, five books over my lifetime, but I'm going to lean in and work with editors, maybe even ghostwriters to help me get the book done and finished. They both are important. It's which one are you called to, right? Lots of people are authors who aren't writers. So things like sentence structure, and the hero's journey and your stories and all of those things. If you're called to learn that, it will make you a better writer. And if you're not called to learn that, don't let that stop you from writing and getting your book out because you can work with a writing coach and an editor to help you. Oh, right? that's so beautiful. So I am not a dancer. I love your story, but I do take ballroom dance lessons. I take it because it's fun. I am not going to go, you know, uh, compete. I may go do some dancing sometimes, right? So, and that's okay. Same thing with writing. There are people who take an instruction from my dance instructor who are competing, right? It's just, that's just, you want to learn at a different level than I want to learn at. I adore that because I think for the writer or the author, or they're just, just curious um, living poetry that we experience. I think that there is that 
discernment that desires to come forward versus the self-harsh judgment or inner mm-hmm. critic that tends to be a theme, especially in women's lives. And I, I really love the difference and you breathing some light into that space, because I think that's so special for our listeners to understand that, you know, listen, it's not about the grammatical or sentence structure or, or certain pieces to be infused, let yourself, let yourself blossom, like let yourself pop through that mud in the Lotus sense and, and just start to shine that light and, and, and all of the fervor that you are as a human person. Is there anything else that you would really love to call forward for specifically women business owners and leaders who may have this heightened sense of, you know, the patriarchy does certain things in certain ways and certain structures and certain linear, expectant, uh, rigid uh, movement. And perhaps their movement doesn't look like another's or perhaps their words don't look like another's and they don't know exactly how to land that or how to even begin. What kind of advice would you give somebody that's listening to this and says, oh gosh, it would be so wonderful to start to pen my story, but. The buts are what have stopped women, all this self-doubt for years and years, right? And we're not at a place anymore where we can use that as an excuse like women can go do whatever they want to do they don't have to ask anybody's permission to do anything anymore I mean let's talk about the western hemisphere and I'm not talking about women who are repressed in other countries right and so for the most part we have choice we can do what we do but what happens and here's I'm going to get a little woo-woo with you here here's what I think is generationally we bring that spiritual thought process down, it's not even spiritual, it's just the epigenetics or the thoughts down from our grandmothers who didn't have freedom of choice. And maybe we're bringing stuff forward from our childhood. Maybe we're bringing our grandmother's stuff down from our childhood, whatever it is that I can't do this. What if it's not good enough? Uh, You know, when I was 15, my um, high school teacher took one of my short stories and ripped it up in front of the class and said, this is dribble. I didn't write again for years, right? We have to get through that. We all have those stories. We all have those stories. Uh, some people might call that a test from God, right? Like, are, are you are you sure you want to write? Let's find out if you're sure you want to write. We're going to tear up this book, uh, this story, and we'll see if you continue or not right? Some people might call it trauma, which it was. Some people might call it maybe that was just a bad story and your high school teacher was correct, right? Maybe I was 15. All of these things can be true and it doesn't negate what you're here to do right now today, which is acknowledge to yourself that you have a dream and a wish and a desire and a mission and a purpose part of that is you want to write and so just start writing don't worry about the end result don't worry about if it's going to get published don't worry about if you're going to throw uncle joe under the bus don't worry about your high school english teacher don't worry about your grandmother's voice saying women didn't do that in my day whatever it is 
be in the present, right? It all comes back to the same things, Rebecca. Be in the present, be in the now, breathe, right? It all comes back to the same stuff. Do what you're here to do and, you know, write a paragraph. You'll feel better. So powerful to those who are listening. This just embodies, you embody in so many ways, Michelle, the understanding that we all need that wise auntie who is going to guide us on the path that we can envision, but we don't exactly know how to step into mm-hmm. the first ways of getting in touch with you, getting, uh, having the opportunity to, to work with you. What, what are the expectations that a person has to yeah. step into that space? Tell me all the things. Oh, lovely. Thank you. So my latest endeavor for 2024 is called the author path. And you can go to the authorpath.com. Basically, do you want to start to write? Do you want, do you have something you want to publish or do you want to like take your mes- message and blow it up in the world? And those are the three things that I have. And that's the easiest way. I have lots of free content out there all over the internet. You can join my Facebook group called the author path and come hang out with us there. You can Google me and see lots and lots and lots of videos and teachings and free opt-ins and all that kind of stuff. But the place to start is probably theauthorpath.com. Get into my world in my circle and I will love on you. Yes, it sounds like it. It sounds anything but traditional. It sounds so collaborative, so connected and so um, wise in so many different in so many different ways. You you infuse almost like a Buddhist warmth with a, a, a call to call forward to humanity in such depth and richness. It's truly a delight to, to have shared this space. Any other thoughts that you'd love to leave our, our leaders with anything else that you would like to leave them with? We need women to step up now more than ever into even bigger, more powerful leadership roles, right? With money, with leadership in politics, all of it. And we need we need women more than ever. So if you have this little nudge on your heart, if you have a calling, if you think what if, or if you think, eh, I don't think it could be me, yeah, then it's probably you because you wouldn't have that thought. So I have, I have step into it. We need you. Don't worry about the how. You just step into it. The how will reveal itself. It always does. Thank you deeply, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor. I've loved hanging out with you, Rebecca. Likewise. 